All right, football fans, we are back with the NFL Week 13 Pick'em Show. Uh, I want, before I get started here, to remind everyone uh, to please go ahead and, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe and leave a like. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, go ahead and subscribe there and leave a rating. would be very much so appreciated. We'll go ahead and get started. We got Omar Yusuf on the call. Fresh off of a Argentina uh, victory over Australia, what a win by them! Um, I know this is the NFL, but you want to say a few words about the uh, the Argentina win? <laughs> yeah, man. Like we were just uh, we were just talking about it. Like um, much needed, man. I was I was on pins and needles at the end there, uh, but it just kind of shows you. You know, we, we we talk about both sports here, but I gotta say, and I mentioned this to you earlier, nothing, no score in any any sport can compare to the feeling of scoring a goal and seeing your team score a goal. Especially like when you start talking about world cup, like these international games, it's just like the level of pressure and excitement and everything is just like wrapped in one. It's just like, it all like just kind of comes together. Yeah. And it's the global game. And, you know, I just saw a a video on Instagram in, in Ghana, especially like we saw, we see the reaction in the stadium, but when you see it, when they're back home, yeah, uh, the whole I mean, it's like rows and rows and rows. And then like a whole there's a whole building with the um, the Ghana flag on there and people watching from the building and crowded streets. And it means so much to them. You're right. I mean, the the buildup of, yeah. of the yeah, I mean, World I'm, Cup. I'm, I'm saying this. I'm not yeah. even like from Argentina, like no yeah. connection. Right. So like you can imagine folks who when their country scores a goal. Right. Like what it means to them. Like you definitely see it. Like yeah. it come through. Big time, big time. Yeah, they're crying in the stands. Cry, you know, it's like it means so much to them. But yeah, yeah maybe that's a, a good endorsement for everyone that's watching for American football to watch some English football. It's also a, an amazing sport. Yeah, well, man. And, yeah. And, and, and I will say, like, now's a good time to get, like, the American side, they're not bad, man. They've gotten a lot better over these last couple of World Cups. And I think, I know you mentioned this before, I think they're, they're just missing, like, an attack, right? They're just missing more offense. Like, if they get that, they can be a pretty viable team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just need a striker, really. One one amazing striker, and we'll see. Um, but we'll go ahead and move on to the NFL Week 13 slate here. Uh, as I was going over these games, to be honest, I think this is the best, most competitive week of the season. Just going through all the games. And we're going to see in some of these lines that that kind of manifests itself. We're going to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Atlanta Falcons. And... This is one of a few even lines in this game. There is no uh, favored winner or loser. This is a true pick 'em. Uh, what do you see in this game? Um, so I went back and forth on this one when I was looking at this. I think I think I'm gonna lean towards Atlanta because they've been somewhat competitive this season, and I think they're probably you know they have that motivation that of possibly securing that division like it's in their sights you know i think well at least competing for that division and you know i think they're gonna come out and really try this is in atlanta right it's at atlanta correct yeah yeah i gotta plug it yeah see i think i don't think that this is the same Pittsburgh. i kept waiting for pittsburgh to kind of wake up and i know they don't have the talent but i thought you know that pittsburgh mentality and all that stuff would shine through at some point but it, it just doesn't seem like they have it this year, you know. And I think Pickett played a bit, 
Pickett played a little bit better last game. You know, I like what I've seen from George Pickens. He looks like he might be the best, uh, or you could argue that he's the best rookie wide receiver from this class. I don't, or wait, never mind. I think Olave is the best rookie wide receiver, but I think Pickens is in the conversation, you know. So I think that they have something going. And, you know, TJ Watt can always, like, take over a game. But I just think Atlanta, you know, they have more to they, – they have more in their sights, I think, right now that's much more tangible. So I, I think I'll take Atlanta. But, yeah, this was this is going to be a very close game, something like 20 to 17. Mm. You know, you make a good point about the Falcons having more to play for. But – over the last few weeks, as I've been watching the Steelers play, I've seen them improve based on what they were to start this season. And after they lost a lot of the, play- the defensive players to injury, like you mentioned, I think Pickens has become a great receiver for them. I think he is a, a much better number two receiver than Chase Claypool was in terms of consistency and athleticism. And I think he's ready to really break out. And, you know, finally... Like you mentioned, the defense getting T.J. Watt back. Um, And I think, actually, Najee Harris won't be playing, so they're finally going to get Jalen Warren uh, to get in this game, who, to me, is a more explosive uh, running back. So, you know, I'm putting all those things together. I just think the Steelers are the better team. The Falcons have kind of disappointed me throughout the year, even though they're in contention to win NFC South. I think the Steelers are a little bit better, so I'm going to take them. 23 to 14. So we'll move to I mean, the. Yeah. Hmm? Go ahead. You might be right because they don't have Kyle Pitts to block for him this week. You exactly. Know? Can't, like, block the great blocking Kyle Pitts. Man, what? Yeah. Every time I think about how they're not getting in the ball, it just makes me upset. But uh, yeah. we'll see. So moving on to the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. This is December in Chicago. It's going to be cold. It's going to be in the 30s. But the Packers are favored by three. Say you. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to take the Packers here, and I think they'll cover. I think – so I you know, I just don't think the Packers are as bad as we're kind of making them out to be. Um, I, I don't think they're good, but I don't think they're, like, horrible. And I think, you know, them at home – oh, well, they're, them on the road against the Bears, you know, who – Justin Fields has been on fire lately. That rush offense has been one of the best in the league. But I just don't think that, you know, they know how to close out these games yet. I don't think that they win these games consistently. Like, as well as Fields has been, has been playing, they have not been winning these games. And I think Rodgers, he's been a little up and down. But now that he's hurt, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. I think Jordan Love is playing this week, right? I don't know. That's one of the things I was going to bring up because it's really unclear who's going to be playing this week because he has that oblique injury in addition to the the broken finger he's been playing through. So I really don't know. He didn't look bad. That's the thing. Like Jordan Love did not look bad. Um, So I think either way the Packers win, to be honest with you. I think if Jordan Love plays, it'll be a closer game. Um, So if Aaron Rodgers plays, uh, I say it'll be something like 24 to 17 something like that uh, you know because we're getting into that into that time of year where these cold weather games the weather starts affecting the style of the game the offense everything like that if Jordan loves love plays I think it'll be a little bit closer something like 23 to 20 something 
But I think either way, I think the Packers, as disappointing as they've been, I think they're a better team right now than the Bears, so I'll take them. Hmm. Yeah, you know, you mentioned this earlier, the, the Packers QB situation is just a real mess. You know, there's real conflict going on between Rodgers and the coach and, and, and Jordan Love. And what I saw last week, I think they played in either uh, one of the primetime games or uh, the coach looked so happy when Jordan Love was in there. And it seems he just wants Jordan Love to be the starter. And it's not because Jordan Love is more coachable. It's because he is coachable, period. And he actually listens to uh, uh, to the coach here. You know, J- Justin Fields for the Bears is back now. And I think he's just going to run all over the Packers in this game. Like you mentioned, it's a game at Chicago. The conditions here, I think it's going to go to the better running team. So I'm taking the Bears here, 28-21. to 21. Moving to the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Detroit Lions. This is another even line, a true pick'em game. Who do you got here? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm having a hard time here because the Jaguars are another team. To, so I, I actually think the Jaguars are better than the Packers, to be honest with you. Hmm. Um, I think they have better weapons. Um, I don't know, man. I Because the Lions, to me, again... This is, the Lions are a team, in fact, both of these teams, I would say, are teams that are not, like, horrendous. I mean, I don't think they're good, but I don't think they're, like, terrible either. And this could be actually a surprisingly competitive game where you get, like, two below-average teams, you know, who are probably pretty equal in terms of their quality. So I'm going to kind of take the Lions just because of home field advantage. I think that offense, again, I, I say this every week, the offense can go off. Um, I don't think Jameson Williams is playing this week, but uh, it's something to keep an eye on moving forward with them. But, yeah, I think their their offense can keep them in games. Um, the one thing I would say is that Trevor Lawrence has been playing better lately, so I'm interested to see how he'll, uh, you know, whether he'll be able to continue with that uh, moving forward. Uh, but because of the home field advantage, I'm going to take the Lions literally, like basically by the line. I'm going to say 21 to 20, Detroit. Mm. Yeah, you know, truly, truly evenly matched teams here in my eyes. I agree. Uh, the Lions' defense has improved as the season has gone on, and the Jags' defense has gotten worse, in my opinion. And so now they're kind of even in that way. And, you know, conversely, the Jags' offense has improved, like you mentioned with Trevor Lawrence. And I think the Lions' offense has gotten a little bit worse. So I think that they're even there as well. So I had in my notes here the same thing you said. Just because the Lions are at home, I'm going to take them by a point here. 24 to 23. So we'll move now to the uh, uh, New York Jets at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are favored by three here. What do you think of this game? Yeah, man, this might be the best game or at least the best early game I haven't gone through the whole schedule but I was looking at this and really interesting game because I think you have an elite defense versus a very high powered offense that has the capacity to go off at any time my heart honestly really wants to pick the Jets here I really I think Sonic is at this point to me, I think he might be the front runner for coach of the year because mm-hmm. I was listening to um, 
I was actually a Cowboys podcast, and they were talking about Mike McCarthy, but they made an interesting point that Salah is winning with Wilson, and he's winning with Mike White. Like, he's winning with different quarterbacks. And the second you show that you can win without your starting starting quarterback or where you can switch it and, you know, still keep winning, I think that bodes well for you and your coaching prowess. One with Flacco, and, too. Yeah, and Flacco. And I think, like, the way that they're playing the defense, I really want to pick them in this game. I just, I just wonder if the, the lack of, I guess, uh, better quarterback play is going to catch up to them if the Vikings can't get going. And they're at home, and it's 1 o'clock. So all those things, you know, I think the Vikings can, can, can get going a little bit because of that. I think the, the defense will keep – I have a feeling that this is going to be a game with the, the Jets' defense will keep them in check for most of the game. But I think at some point it's just going to be too much for the Jets' offense to keep up. So I'm going to take the Jets oh, – I'm sorry, I'm going to take the Vikings uh, eking out this win, and I'll say 24-20. to 20. Interesting. Yeah, this is going to be an amazing game, one I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I think Mike White is going to continue doing well, and they'll be close all game. But I think at the end of the game, one of the more experienced players, Patrick Peterson – or Zadarius Smith will either uh, pick off Mike White or sack him for a fumble. And it'll be on the last play of the game as they're trying to make a comeback. So I am going to take the Vikings here in a close, low-scoring game, winning 17-14. to Like you mentioned, this is a 1 p.m. game for the Vikings. So they're pretty much unstoppable in that slot. So now we're going to move to the NFC East battle. Washington Commanders at New York Giants. Both seven win teams here, seven and five and seven and four somehow. Commanders are favored by two points here. Who do you get? Yeah, so not all seven and five teams are alike. It's been the running gag, right? Like the Giants are the worst seven and five team in NFL history. Um, I'm going to go on record and say at some point, at some point, like it's going to even out and they're going to be. Just another like eight and eight team or whatever, but you know I think and I've been saying this for the past month. I think the Commanders are a better team. I do. I think that the Commanders they have better weapons. That interior defense is better. Um, the quarterback is probably a push, but I think the 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 Commanders overall are better. They're 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 on a winning streak. You know they're hot right now. Having said that. Both of these teams play each other back-to-back. And I think what I'm going to do... Like, they play each other next week as well. So, really? Yeah. Has that yeah, ever yeah, happened? Each other next week. I have no idea how that happened. But yeah, they play each other back-to-back. Huh. Um, so, I'm going to say that they split these games just because it's a wacky, you know, division <coughs> thing. Because I do not see either of these teams sweeping the other. So, because this one is at New York... I'm going to reluctantly pick the Giants. There's no rhyme or reason for it. Again, Mm. I think the Commanders are a better team. But because, you know, weird things tend to happen in these division games, I think the Giants win this week, and then I think the Commanders win next week. And knowing how these go, 
I think the exact opposite will probably end up happening with a road team wins both games. So who knows? <laughs> but yeah, that's going to be my pick. Yeah, this could have very easily been another true pick em and even line, in my opinion. Uh, again, very evenly matched teams, both performing above their talent level, as was mentioned. Uh, Washington just seems to have a little more juice, a little more talent uh, at the moment. You know, they have the momentum on offense and defense. I think they're getting a little better on both sides here. Brian Robinson finally looks like what we saw in the preseason, and he hadn't looked like that before. He came back, I think, a little bit too early. He maybe wasn't um, confident in uh, whatever, you know, procedure was done on his, his legs. But last week he was trucking guys. He had speed. He finally looks like a legit running back. So for those reasons, I see Washington winning in a tight game by the exact line, two points. They win 21-19. to Moving now to another NFC East team, uh, the Tennessee Titans at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles favored by four and a half. What do you see in this uh, interconference battle? Yeah, so this is an interesting game. Um, I think this is probably one of the tougher games that the Eagles have left on their schedule. Um, and I think, I want to make sure, but I think that, you know, you have this Eagles, the key here is going to be this Eagles run offense versus the Titans run defense. And <clears throat> it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if the Titans can kind of step up and stop this defense or this rush offense from kind of imposing their will you know the, the I think they're ranked you know kind of middle of the road in terms of yards per game that they allow the Titans I was trying to find the exact number but yeah I think it's somewhere like in the middle if they can do that you know I think I think this will be a really interesting game the other interesting kind of um, match appears on the opposite it's the Titans offense excuse me, which is obviously, you know, based on their run game versus this Eagles run defense that has looked like porous recently. Um, you know, they, I know they shored up that interior. I think Jordan Davis, I think the last time I I checked, I think they said he might play this week. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can slow down Derrick Henry. Um, having said that, I have been picking against the Eagles for the past few weeks, and I have been getting close. I have, to my credit, I have been getting close. So I'm going to do it again in the hopes that it comes to fruition. Like mm. Again, they are good enough to win this game. I'm not just hating just to hate, but I think that the Titans can win this game. Tennessee has been one of those teams that gets hot at the right time. Like They've done it for the past couple of seasons, and, you know, I I, I can see them kind of doing it now. It's December. It's their their brand of football. So I, I, I'm picking the Titans to barely win this game, another close one. Uh, and I'll say 24 to 21 with the late field goal being the difference. Okay. I'm going to say this. In this game, I want to see Hassan Haskins finally get some carries for the Titans. This is a very talented <laughs> rookie running back from Michigan and they need to get a change of pace back uh, in this backfield because the past couple games, Henry's actually been, uh, you know, uh, contained pretty well because they're stacking the box against him. And because of how big he is, 
it takes a while for him to gain speed. So what they've been doing is uh, passing him the ball. So the big gains that he's been getting this past couple games are on um, on passes, essentially, when they can get him in space. But if you can get a guy like like uh, Hassan Haskins, who's fast and elusive, uh, he can do it from the very beginning. So I want to see them get him some carries in this game. The return of Traylon Burks has been a game changer for the Titans. He is now the, the best receiver on their team. And he absolutely opens up the field for them in a way that wasn't happening when we saw them play the Chiefs and a lot of these other teams where they had a chance to win. The Eagles, what I've been seeing is they've been regressing in their pass game. They don't know how to scheme A.J. Brown open anymore. And I have him in every single one of my damn fantasy leagues and he's been disappointing me literally every single one of them I have him and he's been disappointing me these past three games overall the Titans are the more physical team especially on defense and I think they roughhouse the Eagles in this one and they get a win 31 to 20 on the road I like the Titans I I will also co-sign the Hassan Haskins I wanted to draft him actually I Mm. thought he would have been a great late round pick and I think he still can be um so yeah, I, yeah. I definitely uh, support that. And I'm looking at right now the um, the Eagles passing offense. Yeah, they're definitely like I think they were ranked 19th last time I checked. You know, they're averaging like 219 passing yards a game. So very average. I get it. Like I get it. Their run offense, like, and they're really good at that. But what I've been seeing and what I've been saying is I don't know if they can sustain a vertical passing attack. Like that's you know, a consistent attack, you know, can Hertz, who has been playing great this year, can he sustain, can he throw you into a game? That's kind of like my thing here. Right. And to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. I, I, I don't think that they're built for the postseason. I think they're, they're not bruisers, you know, they're kind of, they, they seem like kind of fast little backs, but uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts is their primary runner. And I don't like when you have that as a as a QB. Um, I don't know. I think you don't Jalen Hurts. Get him hurt. Yeah, I, I just think Jalen Hurts overall is just a little overrated. He's playing above his talent level this year. That's my personal opinion. We'll see if that manifests itself in the playoffs. But we'll move on to another overrated running running back, uh, running quarterback who is playing as a running back. Denver Broncos at Baltimore Ravens. Um, the Ravens are favored by nine and a half points here. What the hell is this line? The fraud Ravens just lost to the Jaguars. <laughs> what do you think about this? You're oh you're you're on mute. So so I, I agree. I think the line is way too high. Um, so I just to be upfront, I'm going to pick the Ravens just because it's a home game, sure. and the Broncos' offense has been a mess. But eight points is just disrespectful to that Broncos defense. Nine I think and a half. They ranked third. Yeah, I think they're ranked like third in the league. Um, hold on, let me see real quick. Yeah, the Broncos' defense is ranked third in the league. They're giving up 306 yards a game, which is, if you think about it, that's crazy because of how much their offense cannot sustain drives. Mm. So they're True. like, I'm a, like I haven't been watching the games as much, their games as much, but I'm I'm guessing they've been on the field a lot, and for them to not, you know, be giving up. More than that is very impressive of that defense. 
you know, and I think because of that, that's the only reason that this game should, that line is, you know, too high and it should be a lot lower. I, I don't think that the Ravens cover that. I think, you know, they win this, like, close, like, I don't know, 20 to 17 or 17 to 14, something like that, because I don't think that the, the, the well, I certainly don't think that Lamar and the passing attack can attack this Broncos defense. If they're going to score points, it's going to be, you know, that rushing attack, him running the ball, things like that. I think maybe they can score points that way. But on the outside, like vertical, vertical pass game, I don't see much success there. If, if Russell Wilson can get going, then they can win this game. Like if he can just be average, to be honest with you, I think they can win this game. So the pressure is on that Broncos offense. I don't, you know, I have no reason to kind of say that. So, so because of that, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to say the Ravens win a close game here. We've been saying Russ get started for so long at this point, and I just I can't defend this guy anymore. I really can't. I mean, his own defensive player went and yelled in his face the last game, <laughs> told him to, to get going, get something done, help us. You know, as you mentioned, the Denver defense is so good. Please do something. You know, I, like I said, I can't defend Russ, but I've never defended Lamar, and I never will until I see him learn to, to pass the ball. Like every game I see, I watch this Jags versus Ravens game pretty closely. And this guy, was he just doesn't know how to pass. So many overthrows. I don't know that there's any starting quarterback that is projected to be like a, a, making top money that overthrows the ball as much as Lamar Jackson. And like you mentioned, uh, the Broncos' defense is great, and I think they're going to expose Lamar. I think the Broncos win an ugly one here, 9-7. to seven. Broncos not even gonna have to, to to score any any touchdowns. They're just gonna three field goals, and that'll be enough to, to beat Lamar's one touchdown. So it could happen. Yeah, that's that, that's what I see. But moving now to a really interesting game: the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson's long anticipated return to the NFL after almost two years of being out of the league, not only back to the NFL but back to Houston. With Cleveland's season essentially on the line here, they're four and seven. They're really fighting to have any chance of making the playoffs. I think this is a must-watch game, and the Browns are favored by eight. What say you? Um. So I'm not gonna address all the off-field stuff. I'll kind of leave that to the side right here. Um. And speaking strictly on on the football aspect of this, Cleveland should easily cover this. Like, easily, they should easily cover this. I think even if Brissett was playing, they should cover this. Houston is actively trying to lose. Like, you cannot convince me otherwise. Hmm. And I think, you know, them getting Deshaun Watson, you know, again, strictly in terms of football, he is a very talented player. It's just a matter of how much rust is there, you know, his timing with the receivers, things like that. Also... We cannot like exclude the possibility that all of the the off field stuff might impact his, you know, his uh, his psyche. You know, does that come into play? Having said all that, I think he, Cleveland should still like just dominate this game. I think that they win by like three scores. I think you know Houston doesn't really care what happens for the rest of the season as long as they lose. So I think I'm going to pick the, the Browns. 
I don't know, like 24 to 6, something like that. I think this is just going to be complete domination here. Uh, and the score could be even even wider. The only caveat is, uh, you know, if if you have this convergence of all these factors that I mentioned that come into play that kind of affect uh, Watson's ability to play this game. But otherwise, yeah, I'll pick, I'll pick the Browns to win this game easy. You know, if the Texans had even a respectable team, if they were even below average, then I would say this is their time to come in and Deshaun is knocking off two years of rust. You go, you pick him off, you sack him, he, he just looks lost. This would be the best game they have a chance of, of coming back in, especially with a lot of the, um, you know, this team has not had a lot to play for this year. They finally have something to play for right now. So I would say if they had even a below average team, that this would be their best chance to win, but they don't. And the Texans, uh, they're only... You know the Browns are only favored by eight. There should be no team that's favored by less than ten points against this team. They were down, I think, thirty to nothing against the Dolphins last week, or thirty-one to nothing at halftime. Halftime. Thirty. Yeah. And the Texans benched a bad QB for an even worse QB. Uh, they can't block for their best player, uh, Damian Pierce, who's had maybe twenty yards. Over the past two weeks, I know both of us own him in, 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 in fantasy. It's been really tough to, to, to see how much he's struggling. And I think the Browns crushed the Texans here 50-20. to 20. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's going to be similar to last week, and they're going to keep Deshaun in the game in that second half, and they're just going to tear him apart. So moving on now to my Seattle Seahawks at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Seahawks are favored by... Seven by a touchdown here. What do you see happening? I think so. I think that line is pretty fair, actually. I was just looking at that. I think Seattle's the much better team. The Rams are going in the opposite direction. I know they're getting Matthew Stafford back, uh, or I don't think it's confirmed, but him possibly being back this week. Uh, but you know, at that point, you're you're coming off a concussion. You know, you have to make sure you know. It, you know, if there's any rust, I think he's missed like two games, one or two games, I don't remember. But, and he wasn't exactly playing great before, the, you know, during the season anyway. You don't have your weapons. Cooper Cup's out. Allen Robinson's out. Um, you don't have, any, you know, uh, you don't have your one, your two. Their running game is a mess. I don't know, man. I, I think Aaron Donald's going to miss this game he too. He is. So I don't. I, I don't I don't see any way that the Rams win this game. The only way I see is if you have again a convergence of this being a divisional game and them being home. You know, and like something wacky happens. But I'm gonna pick the Seahawks. I think you know they've the last couple of weeks. I think they've kind of hit a little bit of turbulence. Uh, oh, they've yeah. still been playing fine, but you know I think they've they're not as hot as they were, and I think they're probably gonna try to regain some of that heading into this last stretch of the season. So I'm going to pick the Seahawks to win this game. Uh, and I think, I think seven is fair. So I'll say Hawks win 24 to 17. You know, you, you mentioned Matt Stafford is, is playing this game. I didn't know he was playing. Um, I, I don't see why he would be playing in this game. Like you said, Cooper cup is out. Allen Robinson is out. Tyler Higby didn't get a single uh, target last week. At all, that's their that's their best tight end. 
Aaron Donald is out. All their stars are out. And some of them not even really because of injury. I think some of them would be able to play through injury, but McVay doesn't see the worth in, in, in playing out. them. Yeah, he, I don't think McVay sees the worth in playing them essentially this season anymore, just like he does this in the preseason. He never plays any of his stars. So I have an update. Yeah. So about an hour ago, it says that Matt Matt Stafford was placed on IR. So okay, he's done. He's probably out for the year. They're doing it. This is McVay. When there's nothing on the line, he doesn't play his his players. He's he's been doing this consistently. Seahawks better win this damn game. I mean, there, there is no reason for them to 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 lose this game. This is that stop. You know, like they're going through a skid. This is the one that should stop it for them—a right. divisional game. Right. Right. Um, and th- you know, Seahawks have years of anger of losing to this team to get out of their system in this game. You know, even when they've been the better team, even back when this team was in St. Louis, has given them issues, especially when they're playing at um, you know at the, at the Rams. And you know, I'll bring something up later about the um, the Seahawks when we talk about the Raiders. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna take the, the Seahawks to absolutely blow this team away. This sounds crazy. I'm going sixty to seven, and I know <laughs> I know that's a bit of a a heart pick, but I need for them to 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 show me in this game. And you know, the Seahawks are a great offensive team. I think you know they have a lot of great offensive weapons, and the Rams are giving up and laying down. I need for them to blow this team out. To have any kind of chance of making the playoffs because right now the Seahawks are out of the playoff picture. So they really, really need to make up some points and win this game. So we'll move on to the Miami Dolphins at the San Francisco 49ers. Another great game. Niners here are favored by four points. Who do you got? Yeah, I was looking at this one. Um, this, You're right. This week, I, I'm not stepping out of the house this yeah. week or tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not leaving my house. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think s- I'm going to take San Francisco. Um, I could see Miami winning this game, but I'm going to take San Francisco. It's in San Francisco. That defense is playing lights out. I think I, I think I read something, a stat where their last four games they've shut out their four opponents in the second half of these games. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I, that's very impressive. And I know we've talked about this before, but for all the flack that Jimmy Garoppolo gets, he is like the perfect quarterback for that team. Like, I know you can always upgrade. I'm not saying he's like a top 10 guy or anything like that, but he like drives that bus and he drives it to perfection, like, or as close to perfection, I'll say, you know? And I think, Again, we're at that we're at, we're at that point where these teams, these contenders, are going to try to s- start, you know, separating themselves and setting themselves up for these runs, uh, and you know, hopefully trying to get hot. And I think the 49ers are in, in, in a prime place to kind of do that. Now, what's interesting is I know both of their running backs from last I heard are actually dinged up. I think yep. I heard that McCaffrey has something. He's going to play. I don't think he's out, but I think he has something going on too. So that's something to keep an eye on because. Again, I don't really think that like the 49ers need a star running back, but if both of their starters are out, then that might be something to kind of keep an eye on. The Dolphins could win this game. I think, you know, if there's a team that, that, that can give the 49ers some, some 
problems. It might be the Dolphins and the way that that vertical passing attack is, is uh, has been operating. Tyree Kill with his speed, Waddle with his speed. You know, I think that they can give them some problems. But I think the 49ers ultimately pull this out. Uh, another close game, and I'm going to say 27 to 24. I'm going to give the Dolphins offense some love here. I think they've been very good, but I think ultimately, you know, I think I think the Niners are one of the top teams in the conference, and they'll show it tomorrow. Hope I'm wrong, yeah. though. I, I do too, and you know, the Dolphins are a well-oiled machine on offense. Uh, you know, th- there was a there was a video on an interesting video on YouTube I saw with. Um, they reversed the, the, the footage of Tua showing him to be a, a right-handed, what he would look like as a right Did you see right. that? Maybe, yeah, maybe somebody dropped it in the chat, and that's how I saw it. But um, it makes him look like an elite, elite quarterback. You know, it's funny how, like, that visual kind of, like, changes how you think about somebody from left to right. Right. And, um, yeah, of course, the Niners' defense, like you mentioned, they're, they're great. But I think the Dolphins are finally, like, clicking on all cylinders in terms of like even like Sherfield, like the, the receiver is getting into it, and then that, now they have the Jeff Jeff Wilson on um, at running back, who is a the best running back on their team at this point. And the Niners' offense, like you mentioned, like they do every season, they run through all of their running backs, and now Elijah Mitchell is back on IR. McCaffrey has that lingering um, uh, uh, leg issue that it, that he's been dealing with, um, and now they're going to you know. They just keep every year. They go through a lot of these running backs that that Shanahan kind of you know blows through, and I think it's the reason why they haven't won you know Super Bowl during this run because he doesn't know how to stagger the use of his his running game. Even though it's very effective, it just kind of as you know the, the season goes on, it's just it's just attrition really, you know, and they they, they just run out of um, uh, running backs. So. I'm going to take the Dolphins to win this one. Maybe it's a little bit with my heart here, but I'm going Dolphins 29-20. to 20. I think they're just too potent on offense. Could happen. Yeah. Moving now to another great game, Kansas City Chiefs at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Chiefs are favored by two points. Who do you got here? Yeah, this is a pick man. I think um, ordinarily I would, I would say the Chiefs pretty comfortably. Um, but the Bengals have kind of had – Kansas City's number recently and Joe Burrow in particular he's never lost to Pat Mahomes and I was literally just looking at this uh, looking at the CBS lines and they have an interesting stat where they say since the start of 2019 Mahomes has been 33-3 and in November, December, and January but he's 0-2 against the Bengals Ooh. so two of those three losses have been against Cincinnati wow. and I think you know Burrow has been on fire and, you know, Jamar Chase, I'm pretty sure he's going to play this week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I don't think it's a situation where he'll need much time, to be honest. I think you can just slip him in and, like, uh, he can pick up close to, you know, where, where, where he had uh, left off, assuming he's healthy. So I'm going to take Cincinnati here, another close game. I think Burrow, this is just one of those things where, you know, sometimes a player just has your number. I think, and so far, at least, in their careers, you know, Burrow has, uh, like I said, he's never lost to Mahomes. So I'm going to say Burrow and the Bengals win this. And I'll say, this is going to be a high-scoring game, I'm assuming. So I'll say 35-31. to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Cincinnati. Amazing. Yeah, we're very like-minded on this game. Um, 
except for one one thing. So I think both teams have great weapons. Uh, like you mentioned, Jamar Jamar Chase is back. That's going to make a big difference for the for the Bengals this year. But I'm going to give the edge to the Chiefs. I think they're a little bit better, and they have revenge on their mind, fresh from that last year's AFC Championship game. That's a really interesting stat you brought up about him not being able to to beat the Bengals two out of three. But I think he gets this one to uh, to even that record. And the Chiefs win in a great game. I had written 35-32. to 32, So just one point different from, from yours. Uh, moving on now to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers at the Las Vegas Raiders. Another great divisional game. Uh, the Raiders, despite having the worst record here, are favored by two and a half. What do you see happening here? Yeah, I have no idea how the Raiders are favored here. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know momentum maybe. The Raiders have been a disappointment all season. And I think what I think what they're probably looking at is the talent that Oakland or that Vegas has. Uh, and they're looking at what they can be. Um, and really like what they've been doing like the last month. It, again, inconsistently, but you know, we've seen Devontae Adams kinda of go off and we've seen what he can do. Or we should I, I can't not mention Josh Jacobs either, right? Yeah. He's he's been, you know, he's the All Pro running back. He's starting with the All Pro team. I don't care what anybody else says. Uh, but I just I don't trust them, man. Like I just I, I don't see how I can trust them. I think. Well, I say that, and I don't think I can trust the Chargers either because they always like find a way to disappoint. Uh, but because of how inconsistent the Raiders have been, I'm going to take the Chargers to win this one. Another close game. I don't see any defense, either defense, really like playing too well this game. So I'm going to say 30 to 27. I think the Chargers eat this out, and effectively that would, I think, end the Raiders' season, like for the most part. Hmm. Yeah, you know the the Raiders have had back to back overtime walk off wins, uh, and allow me to just talk a little bit about what happened last week uh, with the uh, against the Seahawks. So okay. The Raiders have great weapons, like you mentioned, Josh Jacobs, you know, Devontae Adams, those are two of the best players at their positions. And they maximized Josh Jacobs in that run defense against the Seahawks run defense. And what the what the Seahawks have been doing the past two games, and I hate that they've been doing this and I hope they stop doing this, is they've actually deactivated one player on their interior run defense in favor of activating a, a defensive back to stop the pass because for some reason they are so um, worried to stop the uh, about uh, you know a lot of these receivers breaking out against them like Devontae and they kind of held Devontae in check seven for 70 seven catches for 70 yards last game as much in check as you can but when you give up though they give up seven 70 pass yards to Jacobs and then of course 240 yards to him rushing so he had over 300 yards total so you're not going to get that every week. I'm sorry, with Jacob. Jacobs is not going to get 300 yards every week. It's, it's not going to happen. You know, this is due to the Seahawks' ineptitude and a really, really poor strategic decision. And I think the Chargers won't be as bad against the run, of course, obviously, as the Seahawks. And I think that they're the better overall team. And them getting Keenan Allen finally back opens up the field for them in addition to Eckler, who I think is one of like the low-key best running backs in, in the league, not only as a runner, but also as a pass catcher. So I see the Chargers winning this one as well, uh, 31-24. to 24. 
and uh, I think there's also going to be a crash from the Raiders pass to Waka. You know, that's a lot of like emotional energy that's to true. you know. So uh, playing overtime twice. Uh, moving on to the uh, Indianapolis Colts at your Dallas Cowboys for Sunday Night Football. Uh, Cowboys are favored by ten and a half points. What a line! What do you think happens here? Yeah, it makes me a little nervous, actually, to be honest. I think um, hmm. not that I think the Colts are like a good team or anything, but um, so I think all or most factors are playing in the Cowboys' favor. The Colts are coming off a very short week. They lost that game on Monday, short rest. The Cowboys have had a mini bye, right? The last time they played was on Thanksgiving, so hopefully they should be rested up. What makes me a little nervous is that the Colts' defense actually isn't, like, horrible. You know, they're, like, okay. I know, like, Shaquille Leonard's out, uh, but, you know, they still have players. DeForest Buckner's still good. And I've watched a little bit of Stephon Gilmore, and he's still all right. He's not, like, what he was, but he's still, like, okay, you know. And I'm a little, I'm a little like, uh, concerned about um, – this line because I don't think it's going to be the blowout that they're making it out to be. I I mean, I could see that, but I think what's more likely going to happen is that this will be like uh, a 30 to 20 game or 35 to 24 game. Well, well I guess that's the line, but um, it's, I, I see the Colts putting up more of a fight than people are acting like. That's my point. And I say that having seen Matt Ryan look petrified. I'm like, it was just like pathetic to watch, man. Like happy feet. Like, you know, just like, what are you like? You're, you're a former MVP. You're a veteran. Like you just looked terrified on Monday. Like, I just don't know what was going on with him. Um, so if he was terrified, of, you know, on Monday night, he's going to be petrified this Sunday. You know, you've got Mike Parsons coming at you. Um, this should be a blowout. I, I hope it's a blowout. You know, the, the Cowboys' offense has been uh, ranked number one or top five in most categories since Dak has been back, and you know they're they're starting to click, they're starting to gel. But you know, I'm just a little hesitant about saying it's going to be like forty-five to six or something that you know that people are acting like. I don't think it's going to be that. So I'll, I'll say the Cowboys win comfortably. I'll say either 35 to 24 or 35 to 27, something like that. But yeah, the defense is giving me the, the Colts defense is kind of giving me a little bit, bit of, of a pause because I just wonder and hope that, you know, they're not being overlooked here. Cause I already know everybody's going to be focused on Jonathan Taylor. We know that. I don't think they're going to overlook Jonathan Taylor. It's just, are you assuming you're just going to walk up and down the field uh, you know, against the defense, and I hope that's not the case. You've said it all, and I don't have much to add to this, to be honest with you. I think the Cowboys are clearly better. I think Jeff Saturday doesn't know how to manage the clock, uh, and that's one thing they overlooked when they, they signed this guy, amongst other things. You have to have a lot of, you know, game ex- – you have to have a lot of in-game experience to be a, an NFL coach. Like, you got to start at some level. Like, at least be a college coach for a little bit or observe – being an NFL coach, and he doesn't have that. It's at Dallas. Like you said, the Colts' defense is okay, which is why I think maybe the Cowboys aren't going to score a ton of points, but I think I still think they are going to blow them out. I think they're going to win 30-10. to 10. That's my prediction on this game. 
Bucks. Finally, the, the the Monday night game, the New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are favored by three and a half here. Who do you got on this Monday night inter-division game? So this is going to be my upset of the week. I'm taking the Saints in this game. Mm. I, you know, Tom Brady has historically struggled against the Saints, at least as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Um, I know that this is in Tampa Bay. I would feel a lot more strongly if it was in New Orleans. But, you know, this is a divisional game. The Bucks have not been great this year. And I think the Saints are... I've been kind of watching them a little bit. I think they're like this sneaky team that can kind of slip into the playoff race that nobody's talking about. I think their quarterback situation... Their quarterback situation probably produces a lot of high variance. You don't know what you're going to get, you know, whether that's Jameis, whether that's Andy Dalton, whether that's whoever. But they have weapons. Chris Olave is great. The defense can be pretty good, actually. So I, I, I think the Saints win this game just because they seem to have had the Bucks number. But, again, it will be close. I think, you know, a late score, maybe a late touchdown or a late field goal pretty much decides this game. So I'll say 24 to 20 or 21, depending on if it's a field goal or a touchdown. You know, Tom Brady, this is not an exact quote, but I heard him say something this week uh, similar to, I'd rather play losing football than not play football at all, which is is crazy to me because now I'm thinking like, how long is this guy going to play? Like this guy is is all in on football now. I mean, his that's it. His his marriage is dissolved at this point. And to hear him say that now, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with his career. You know, the Saints seem. Well, yeah. I I um, didn't mean to cut you off, but I read the the Athletic had a story where they said that there's a chance he goes back to New England. Really? And, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's like you know a, a rumor or what it is, but they were they were talking about possible destinations, and they they brought up New England, and in which case you know they would obviously trade Mac Jones or whatever. But I just thought that was like that was really interesting. Crazy, because I never thought I'd see that. I, I never thought he'd go back there. Crazy. This is like he was he was retired. He was done with football this past uh, summer, and now it's like when is he going to stop playing? When he says something like that. Uh, and then those rumors start coming out, and you know the Saints seem to own the Tampa, uh, the the, the, uh, the Tampa Bay uh, Bucks essentially. Uh, even in their Super Bowl winning seasons, I remember they were shut out by the uh, the Saints that one year. And the Saints defense always gives Tom Brady a lot of big problems. You know, I'm joining you on this on this upset special. I think the Saints win here, 18 to 14. And it may be on six Will Lutz field goals. And that's really all it takes. So that brings us to the end of this amazing week 13 uh, NFL slate. Uh, I want to thank you for jumping on, uh, Omar Youssef. I'm really looking forward to these games like you like you mentioned. Um, this has been the Football v. Football podcast. Uh, of course, you can watch this on YouTube. And now we are on even more podcast platforms uh, been added to Stitcher, uh, Amazon, iHeartRadio, a bunch. I think we're on 9 or 10 at this point. So whatever podcast platform you use, we're on there now. And you can support this podcast on uh, on Kofi, K-O-F-I, would be much appreciated. Thanks again, Omar Yusuf, for jumping on. Really look, looking forward to the games tomorrow. And have a fantastic day, football fans.